0: Ayer's on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And here we are. Back we are in Hawaii. We're on our way around the globe, and we stopped to see our kids in Hawaii. Uh, we have a son, daughter-in-law, and five grandchildren you here. You
1: sound a little groggy, honey, and that's because it's really early here in Hawaii. We ha- this is the first time we've actually had to set our alarm to get up and do this show. <laughs> but that may not be the case, and uh, that may uh, we may have to do it again and again in the future because we're on our way around the world, and we're doing a speaking tour and a kid tour. We call it We Should Name This. The speaking and kid tour. Okay. We're stopping in eight places, and in every one, we're either giving a speech or seeing one of our crazy wanderlust children who seem to have flown the nest and live all around the world. But it is especially interesting to be
0: here in Hawaii with this family because they are quite incredible. They're living a lifestyle that, you know, most people couldn't do but they are having the time of their lives
1: yeah we've been thinking a lot about this lately because each of our children i'm sure it's true of all of you that have grown children they each approach parenting in their own special way and none of them are exactly alike none of them are exactly like you were everyone finds their own style and their own way of raising their kids and and usually it's the best way for them. You know, there's no, there's no one size fits all when it comes to parenting. There are certain principles that stay the same, but everything changes. And so we've been thinking as we're traveling uh, one place to another of the different ways that kid, that, that uh, our mm-hmm. kids raise their kids and the different ways that parents throughout the world find the different formulas that seem to work for them And so what we thought we'd do today is we're calling this show Living Life Backwards. And here's the reason why. This son and daughter-in-law who now live in Hawaii, uh, who once lived in New Zealand because they did a little online study to find the best lifestyle in the world. And it came up in New Zealand, so they moved there. Two of their children were actually born there. They've lived in other places, but the interesting thing about them is not where they've lived, it's how they've chosen to live. And essentially, they've decided to live life backwards. What I mean by that is um, if you were to ask our son um, what he does for for work right now, he would say, well, I'm basically pretty much a full-time parent. But when I get older and my kids are raised and gone, then I may settle down and, and work for a while. And what he's basically meaning is he has noticed the irony of how many people sort of work hard and pursue their career and spend 14-hour days while their kids are young and in their home. And they never get to know their kids and they don't have really time to prioritize family. And then later, after their kids are long gone, they retire and have lots of time. And this son of ours thinks that's pretty backwards. And so he's basically it's said the wrong word to use, but he's retired mm-hmm. now and he's going to work hard later. Now you say, well, how in the world could he do that? Well, I'm going on here a little, Linda, but I'll quickly wind this up. His his basic attitude is, you know, he's a builder. He can, he can build a house or do something and earn some money. He's not above doing handyman jobs, whatever he needs to do. And the idea is just have enough money to live and not any more than that so that he can maximize the amount of time he and his wife uh, with their children. Now, um, again, uh, another thing he says that'll really bring this to a head is he says there are two ways to be financially independent. One is to have unlimited money the other is to have very limited needs, and so they kind of live off the grid. They don't need they, they drive cars that are that run on vegetable oil they haven't bought gas for years. they generate their own electricity with solar panels. they basically minimize how much money they need. And by doing that, they feel like they can devote themselves to their kids and be financially independent. Now, are we advocating that for everyone? No, but we're bringing it up to, so we can all say, what trade-offs can we make so that we put our kids first?
0: Well, now you don't need to feel too sorry for them because they have a pretty amazing lifestyle. (laughs) They um, spent last year in Europe, um they uh, traveled all through for months and months, like seven months, I think, and uh, traveled all through Europe, gave their kids a great European education. In fact, they put landed in Spain, put their kids in school there. None of them could really speak Spanish, but they did it anyway.
1: Now, Linda, listeners are like getting more and more incredulous. They're thinking, this guy, well, they, they must be millionaires.
0: Well, saying this guy because honestly, Jonah's wife is amazing. Her name is
1: Asia. Oh, we're using their names.
0: And yes, okay. I, think, I think we can do that. Okay. Um, and Asia is incredible. She knows how to work the system to make things work for her family. And um, it is just pretty amazing that there isn't anything that they really want that they don't have. I mean, I, they give up some things. They don't have TV. They get the kids come out of uh, their thrift stores looking like a million bucks, and they just don't spend a lot of money. But it's they, all
1: in the name of recycling. Yes. I mean, it's like, you know, everything should be reused. Everything, they are the most green in terms of their philosophy of life of anyone. But it's all because they want to do something that they think few people are able to do, which is prioritize their children while they're young and while they're living in their home. It's quite amazing. It
0: really is. They um, And the kids uh, know how to earn their own money and take care of their own stuff. Their oldest is 15 now. She has her learners, but she just bought her first car with her own money. and uh, it's
1: Earlier, she bought a horse with her own
0: money. When she was nine years old, <laughs> she bought a horse with her own money. And when our kids came to visit their family, they lived in Washington, the Olympic Peninsula at that time. And uh they came and said, "Oh, Anna, this is a cool horse! Are you going to put shoes on your horse?" She says, "Are you kidding me? That would cost more than the whole horse. I can't <laughs> afford that i have to I have to feed the horse and take care of the horse. I can't put shoes on the horse. so she's learning about life really early, and you might say, "'Oh, that's so weird that it's going to produce really weird kids. These kids are the." best kids you could possibly imagine well we're so we're,
1: we're pretty prejudiced because they're our grandkids but true we're, we're <laughs> that, sort of doing this to you listeners on purpose we're sort of setting you up here we're, we're sort of getting you shaking your heads and saying nobody lives like that how can anyone live without full-time work how can anyone spend most of their time with their children, teaching them, homeschooling them, helping them, although the kids have been homeschooled. Now they're in school, but they get a lot of help from their parents. Um, They they deal with them all day long. It's like they're basically almost full-time parents, and they only work when they have to to pay some bills. They keep a little nest egg from the last few houses that Jonah built, and they're really – and you say to yourself, well, how do they even – how, how can they? I mean, you know, when other people talk to them, do they feel like they can't? You know, what do you do? What's your career? Well, I'm I'm a full time parent. How can they even say that? How can they have a, a self image that they love? Well, but they're so secure in it because well, they, they really believe it's the right thing to do. And
0: you have to know that John, that Asia also um, has is a real estate agent. Does some deals on the side once in a while. They just have enough, and it's just. A delight they've, to watch. They've defined what enough is. Now, the reason... Oh, also, you should know that Asia graduated undergrad from Harvard, and she was also Miss Las Vegas, so that gives her some
1: idiosyncratic <laughs> credits. And
0: they're the, not
1: trying to impress anyone, They're in just other words.
0: smart as whips,
1: both of them. But here's the thing. How do the rest of us accomplish the idea of prioritizing our children without adopting a completely impossible lifestyle for most people. How do we do that? I mean, the interesting thing is almost anyone you talk to, in fact, surveys, what's the most important thing in your life? 90% of us say our family. But you look at the lifestyles of a lot of young parents and they're working 16 hour days and uh, they, they see their kids once in a while they, they they get a lot of maybe health, maybe a child care because they have to to pursue their careers. Or even if one is staying home with little children, the other one may be working 14 or 15-hour days. We, we have a son in New York who we're going to see it toward the end of this trip. And his friends living there in Manhattan, so many of the dads go to the investment bank or whatever, it is that they work before the kids wake up in the morning and get home long after the kids are in bed. The only time they even see their children is on a weekend, if they're lucky, because a lot of them are working Saturdays too. So we're, we're sort of showing you these two extremes, the, the predominant extreme extreme where the career and the work demands so much and where people are saying, well, I've got to do this in order to have enough money to really give my family and my children the lifestyle they deserve and to pay for their education and so on and so on. So I'm, I'm doing this crazy 16 hour a day work for them, it's for my family. But then when they really examine themselves, they're saying, but I'm not spending any time with my family and my kids grow up in 18 years and they leave the house and I won't even know them, I won't <laughs> even have accomplished my parenting objectives. What do I do? So that's the extreme. And then you've got the extreme of Jonah and Asia who are doing exactly the opposite, minimizing the amount of time they work so they can spend almost all their time really trying to be good parents. Where do you find the middle ground? How do people who are involved in traditional careers and who want to be successful financially and so on, how do they prioritize these little children who are with us for such a short time living within our home.
0: And, you know, we're going to go into that a little bit more in the second half because, um, and we actually are going to bring some kids in here. We think if they can wake them up, (laughs) (laughs) um, to have them talk to you a little bit, it'll be kind of fun. So we want you to stay tuned for the second half, but you realize as you go through life that these kids are really having an amazing experience. These children and it'll be so interesting to see what happens in the long term because of this. We can already see that their oldest is, is she's so driven and self-reliant uh, and so on. And she's, I can hear her right now at seven on Saturday morning, Um, taking a shower and going to swim. They're swim champions and the, all of them are swimming. And so it really is amazing to think about our families and what's going to happen.
1: But in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about other models not nearly as extreme that allow parents to prioritize their children a little bit more. For example, we know young couples who the dad is gone late at night, but he gets up early and they have a family meeting and devotional early in the morning before he has to leave. And that's his dad time with the kids. We know others who have sacrificed what kind of house they can live in in order to be close enough to work that they cut down their commute time so they can spend more time with their kids. So we're going to get into various ways people can try without being quite as extreme as our son Jonah and his wife Asia who we're visiting with right now in Hawaii. And we'll get into that in the second half of the show. So let's take this break and we'll be right back with the show we're calling Living Life Backwards.
0: Iyer's on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer.
1: And here we are, and we were going to get a couple of these girls to join us, but one of them's a sleepyhead, right? Yes, she's so Her name's Poe, and Poe's sound asleep. But Elsie was up and ready to go. How are you, Elsie?
0: I'm good.
1: (laughs) How old are you?
0: Ten
1: Ten years old. Is that a pretty good age? Yeah. What are some of the things you like to do most? What are you good at?
0: I like to do art, and I like to read.
1: Oh, boy, you're really good at those two things. Now, uh, we wanted to tell the listeners where you've been living lately. So, you live in Hawaii, but where did you live? Where were you most of last year? What were you doing?
0: I was traveling. Yeah? All around
1: Europe. All around Europe. Where did you live for the longest in Europe?
0: Uh, Spain.
1: Yeah. Did you go to school there?
0: Yeah.
1: How was that? Hard. <laughs> but, Elsie, here's the problem. You don't speak Spanish. Yeah.
0: That's why it was hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you went to school, right? Yeah. How did you talk to your friends?
0: Um
1: did you learn a little bit of Spanish?
0: Yeah, just a little bit.
1: Just enough to get along? Yeah. Did you have friends over there and stuff? Mm-hmm. You could you could do okay with them, huh? Yes. Could you understand the teachers? A little bit. (laughs) But you learned a lot, didn't you? Yes. What was the main thing you learned in Europe, do you think?
0: I don't know. I learned a lot of stuff. Yeah, I
1: bet you did. I
0: I think while she's thinking about that, you should know that this child is an amazing artist. Every time I see her, she's created something new that's amazing. For Halloween, she created butterfly wings that were like five feet going out each side of her, and she is absolutely incredible. And then she's also she's been she's read all of the Harry Potter books, and now she's on Fablehaven. And uh, they, her parents sent um, Instagram the other day that was hilarious. She was reading a book, and her her brother was. Was playing the saxophone all around her, trying to distract her, trying to anything he could do to distract her, and she was not distractable. She was totally into that book, hmm. and she knows just what she's read, and she's so excited about reading. Which your
1: grandma's kind. Your grandma's kind of proud of you, Elsie, huh? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: so um, you've got four <coughs> brothers and sisters. Tell tell their names and how old they are, so everyone will know. Anna is
0: 50. Yeah. and Camden is 13 and Poem is 6 and Ezra is 2.
1: And did they all go with you to Europe for that whole time? Yes. And so you were just a happy family traveling around Europe, right?
0: Yes.
1: That's great. What's your favorite place you've ever lived?
0: Um... Well, I can't really remember New Zealand, but I think New Zealand.
1: That's where you were born, (laughs) right? No, No,
0: I was born in St. George.
1: Oh, that's right. You were born in St. George. Who was born in New Zealand? Camden. Camden, Camden, that's right. And then uh, was Ezra born in Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, is there any, um, we'll let you go, Elsie, but is there anything that you would like to say to mommies and daddies around the world about how they should treat their children?
0: Uh, nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Be nice to them, right?
0: Yeah.
1: All right, you're awesome, Elsie. Go back and sleep a little, and we're glad you can talk on the radio today. See ya. Bye. <laughs> well. She was um, she got up pretty early to do that, and she still was a little bit sleepy, but uh, what a kid. And again, isn't it interesting that children are so adaptable and flexible? And this was a great example of it. I mean, imagine putting kids in school in a, in a place where they don't even speak the language. and we'd say to our son and daughter-in-law, "How long are you going to stay?" In Spain and they say, Well, until our kids are fluent in Spanish.
0: <laughs> but then as life goes, they got there and realized that they were teaching a dialect, not Spanish. They were teaching I mean it was had something to do with Spanish, it but it was a dialect.
1: Spanish dialect. And it wasn't so, gonna be so helpful, so they kind of short circuited that and went on to some more travels. Now I don't not to dwell too long on this one family. They have they are they are a paragon of someone really prioritizing their kids. But, Linda, what if you're in a more traditional setting, you're in a more traditional career, your job and your career are so demanding, your church callings are so demanding, your other interests are Community service. so demanding. What do you, how can you, you know, and we all know in the back of our minds, hey, you know, I've got a 11-year-old in seven years. That child's going to be, off to college or on a mission or whatever. Uh, the time goes by so fast. How do we grab onto these golden years that we actually have children living in our home and manage to find enough time to really prioritize them?
0: Well, I think that's the hardest challenge, especially if you have a lot of children, like we did, to prioritize them one at a time and make them feel like individuals. It is so difficult. Because there are so many things pulling at you, whether you work or whether you work at home. I mean, there's always a floor to be scrubbed or windows to be washed or things to be organized and uh, clothes to buy and things that have to be done. And boy, if we just don't keep our concentration on what we're about, it is absolutely amazing what can happen because we can totally forget about the kids.
1: But here's here's my theory. I think that when parents really realize that – they're gonna have to battle and have a strategy in order to find enough time to really focus on their kids. They always find a way. I mentioned the uh, the, the the young man who's a friend of ours who works in a big law firm in London. And uh, you know, the norm in that work environment is that they, they, they end up finishing work around nine o'clock at night and then he has an hour commute. So he was getting home around 10 o'clock. And he said, "I tried to leave earlier, and I just felt such peer pressure and such career pressure to, to not be the first one to leave, and have everyone else working while I was leaving, didn't make sense." And he said, "Finally, after a while, it was just—it was almost causing me to, to change career. But then I noticed that there wasn't near the pressure culturally within that office to get in early." People mostly came in pretty early, but no one really noted who was there and who wasn't. And no one really seemed to be judging each other as much as they did by how long someone stayed. So he said, I just realized the time I was going to have with my kids was going to have to be in the morning. So I got up and we had our family devotional and our family scripture study and our family discussions and we had our breakfast and then I drove the kids to school and had that precious time with them every single day and got in late and it didn't seem to penalize me as much as leaving early so I readjusted my whole life to have that time with the kids and I'm just throwing that out there we all have to try to think about where are we going to find this time and then like you intimate Linda we have to We have to schedule, we have to say, I wanna have a daddy date with this child and have individual time, or I wanna do this or that. And we wanna kinda keep that in mind and figure out ways because, you know, and, and a lot of times we fall back on the excuse of quality time. We say, well, I don't have very much time with my kids, but the time I do have is quality time. And that often doesn't work because it's it's the it's the quantity of time that often makes the quality of time. Oh, my goodness. It looks like we've had another child come in to be on the radio. Do you want to be on the radio, Poe? Okay. Tell your name and how old you are.
0: I'm Poe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're Poe. How old are you? I'm six. Do you know what I just discovered the other night is that Poe knows how to whistle. You're a good, and how to sing. So Poe, maybe we should whistle our song real fast, what should song? we? Um ABC?
0: Maybe not, the whole thing.
1: Oh, that's good. You could go on and on. And who's this young man you brought in with you here, Poe? Yeah. Ezra, how old are you? i
0: uh,
1: three. Yeah, there's three. three. And Poe, I wanted to just ask you one question. When you lived in Spain, how old were you then? Uh, were you were you four or five?
0: I think she was four because they start kids at school. No, wait, was I four. at England first?
1: Yeah, you were yeah, at I England first. first and then then oh,
0: um, I was six because... I was at England first, and that was when I, my birthday was.
1: But when you were in Spain, yeah. you went to school, right?
0: Yeah,
1: I and I was. And you were four then, and then you turned five. And, and then you, you were, went back to England. you this went Christmas, back to right? England. But, Poe, when you went to school, could you understand anything over there? I don't know. It was really hard. Could you talk to the other kids a little bit?
0: Yeah, because uh, my mom and and my teacher helped me understand.
1: They helped you understand, so you learned a lot, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Was it scary to go to school in a, in another country, or was it kind of fun? It was kind of fun. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, <laughs> she's taking care of um, she's taking care of her brother Ezra. So. You can take Ezra and make sure he's gone to the bathroom, Poe, and then come back in and okay, we'll be almost go. done by then, okay? Want to say uh, anything else? Want to say yeah. anything else? What else do you want to say?
0: About my art.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. What kind of, what do you like to do, Poe?
0: I like to do
1: art. Yeah. What do you like to draw? I. Uh, Fairies and princesses and stuff like that? hmm Okay, well, say, say to all the parents, be good to your children and put them first. Okay. Say that. Say, be good to your kids and put them first. Be good to your kids and put them first. Okay, there's Poe. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I think it means take good care of them. So... <laughs> I don't know really what the point there was other than to say that these kids are pretty amazing and they have the benefit of parents who really, really prioritize them. So back to where we were, find a way, schedule your time, put what, here's a challenge I would give Linda and then you have the last word. I think what we all ought to do as parents, do you remember that thing you've probably seen a demonstration of where you've got some sand and you've got some stones and you've got a jar and the challenge is to get everything in the jar so that you can put the lid on. And if you put the sand in first and then you try to put the rocks in on top of it, they don't fit. But if you put the rocks in first and then pour the sand in and it fills in around the rocks, you can do it all. And I, ch- I guess my challenge is prioritize and plan what you're going to do with your kids each week first and let the work and all the other things filter in around. It.
0: Well, let me just close by saying, boy, everybody has a different lifestyle. We've got single moms out there that are struggling on their own, single dads that are trying to work time with their kids. There are so many different ways to do it, but if we use the word deliberate, I think it really helps. Deliberate. Be a deliberate parent. This is what the theme is of the power of moms, and those of you who are moms, go to powerofmoms.com, and it gives you some fabulous information that you know will really help you. So thanks for listening, and we'll hope to see you again next week on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye.